0: Hello and welcome to the Fulhamish podcast. My name is Sammy James. This is your weekly dosage of Fulham discussion. Farrell Monk is back. Nice to have you back, sir. Thank you very much for inviting me. How's the leg? Uh, Really, really swell, actually. Um, Swollen. Not swollen. Not swollen. Swell. Swellen. Okay. Don Betts is here. Yes, I've been on three weeks in a row. Loving it. Loving Loving it. Loving the consistency of Don Betts' work. Uh, and uh, and Jack Collins is here. Hello, as listeners. Secretary Jack. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Having a good time. So I mentioned that this is your weekly dosage of Fulham discussion. Many Fulham fans would have needed a fairly hefty dosage after the antics this weekend in Newcastle. A stunning victory in the northeast, which followed a dramatic point against Leeds on Tuesday. We'll discuss both those games at length. Uh, We're all getting very, very excited in the studio. I'm sure you are as well. Uh, We'll also look ahead to the two crucial games this week at the Cottage. Uh, The game in hand against Informed Blackburn Rovers and then another must-win against Struggling Wolves. But first of all, uh, your three-word reviews of the Newcastle game. Uh, Cyril Flynn, I love this one, uh, said Nirvana on Tyne.
1: It's just a wonderful
0: turn of phrase. Massive. Lovely stuff, Cyril. Uh, David Preston said, did Shelby play? (laughs) He's in Tom Kearney's back pocket for most of the 90. He did, he was just outplayed. <laughs> and then Ivan Berry, good old Ivan, said he's only 16. That is true. And we will come on to the starlet that is Ryan Sessegnon. So let's start off talking about Saturday's game against Newcastle. I mean, where to start, Jack? Where to start? What a game, what a performance, what a result. How huge a victory will this be for Slav and the boys? Well, it's crucial, you
1: know, one, beating the league leaders and and keeping that momentum going. Two, with all the other results going our way, obviously it makes everything so much more, you know, important and it it makes everything sort of tangible. And I guess what it means is that it's all in our hands now and the the ball's very much in our core. And especially with Friday's game of uh, Reading against Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds playing Brighton this weekend, it's just all sort of coming up, to a point where we could find ourselves fourth on on Friday on Saturday at five pm, which would be you know a, a, quite the turnaround from you know the two weeks ago and everyone saying oh it was too much, we're too far away, and so I suppose that in that in that sense it, it it's massive and not not much more can be said really.
0: Farrell, how was your time in the northeast at Newcastle? Wonderful, absolutely wonderful, um, dreamland.
2: I think I was saying at the time when it went three 0 up. It couldn't have come much better, <laughs> and that's and that's that was. And that's just the Saturday then, night. Yeah, that was yeah, Friday night even. <laughs> Friday night, <laughs> Saturday morning. I wasn't feeling too hot, but then it obviously got not gradually better, just instantly better, dramatically better, dramatically better. It was it was it was drama, comedy, all at the same time.
0: And for the second time in just a week, Kenny responsible for an absolute belter. Is there much that his left foot can't do these days? Score a normal goal? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does like those, does he? Past the wall five yards. Oh,
3: I'm joking. he <laughs> 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 a joke. You, know, yeah. that's, you can only score goals from about thirty yards out. Yeah, it exactly. seems like. Has he has he
2: scored any without his uh, without his uh, left foot
3: yet? Well, no, he's
1: won. Doesn't have a right foot. <laughs> he had a right foot. Be playing for Barcelona. <laughs> He stands
0: on his right foot. That's about all he does. But an amazing, amazing goal. And uh, called up to the Scotland squad today. Uh, Very deserved. Do we see him maybe breaking Scotland's duck in dreadful qualifying performances? Uh
3: Knowing our luck, he's going to get injured in the friendly to Canada. I'm a bit worried (laughs) about that as well. Because of all games, that would be the game you'd get injured in. Not even the qualifier, Mm. the friendly against Canada. But yeah, I don't know why he hasn't been in the squad, even over the last year or so anyway. Because like, McCormack never got in the squad either. I'm pretty sure he slept with Strachan's wife because there's no other reason McCormack obviously wasn't in the squad. But going yeah, Kearney, yeah, he, I, I don't know what, why it's taken him so long to get in there. If you think about like some of those players in that squad, they're not even like League One, League Two standard. Yeah, Tom Kearney has been overlooked for yeah. so long. Well, they're Scottish League standard, aren't they? Yeah, basically, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Scott Brown has a better percentage passing rate than Iniesta in the Champions League group stages.
3: Yeah, but just saying, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Always
0: there for a Celtic-based stat at any moment. Um, now, you talked, Jack, in the preview ahead of the Newcastle game, how the key battle on the pitch would be that uh, between Tom Kearney and John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby, anonymous uh, for much of the game, with some dreadful passes. He had a couple of efforts on goal, but nothing of note. And yet Tom Kearney, so influential in the middle, Um the range of passing and then the goal just caps off a wonderful performance
1: yeah complete a, a very complete performance from TC and you know moving on from the momentum that obviously he picked up at the end of the Leeds game and you know come, going on to completely dominate the midfield and I think you know Shelby's probably two most noteworthy contributions were the two quite cynical challenges on Kearney um, which to be honest he, he didn't get booked for the first he got booked for the second, but. It, he was probably lucky to to be on the field, given the first one was uh, no one was quite sure how he got away with that tackle at the end of the first half without a booking. So, you know, it was one of those where you know we we've, we've seen Shelby's quality this year in the championship, and we've seen what he can do when he's you know given free range to roam. And he was completely and utterly outshone, outclassed and outplayed. And it showed and he lost his control. And we've seen him do that before as well. It's not, you know, if Shelby had a temperament, he'd be a Premier League player. And it's one of those things that he clearly doesn't like it when he's put in the shade. And, and his result to that was to lash out. And we've seen him be sent off this season before. And I think he was quite lucky not to to face the same retribution again.
2: The amount of cynical challenges that went on from Newcastle against Fulham on Saturday was just testament to how good Fulham were. That we've absolutely frustrated them because they're just they not used to having so little of the ball to start off with. And the amount of times that we would tackle them when they think that they'd be in a good position, when they think, oh, I've got the ball under control here, let's get our foot on it. No, nope, we've got it back now. And that just showed the amount of times that we nabbed it off them. And the only way they can get near us was bringing us down, especially in that until Daryl Murphy came on. They didn't really have... A sniff. They had a few set uh, chances from set pieces, but that's about it, really.
0: I mean, um, it's the 35th game in a row that Fulham have had more possession in the league uh, than their opponents. In fact, uh, can you remember what that game was the last time that Fulham didn't have more possession than their opponents? Was it the Birmingham where we had 10 men? No, it was the opening game against Newcastle. On the opening game of the season was the last time we didn't have more than 50% possession. But Newcastle have actually played quite a lot this season. You explained this last week, Dom, not having the majority of the possession. They're a team that play very well on the counter uh, and also just so clinical taking Mm. their chances that it doesn't really matter because they'll get 10 chances or whatever. But they've got someone like Dwight Gale up front who, who... is such a good poacher. What do you think that Fulham did in defence, though, to stifle their attack, bar the one goal that did go in?
3: I mean, what, a way to beat Newcastle, why it's a lot easier at their own ground, because as soon as they get it on the back foot or concede a goal, the atmosphere just turns toxic in that ground, from a home fan's perspective. And you can tell that. Like A lot of fans were saying on Twitter, coming from Newcastle, that, yeah, we prefer playing away because there's not 50,000 people moaning for 90 minutes. Because unless they're winning 3-0 and have got about 65-70% possession, the fans don't seem to be happy.
0: I mean, it's stunning that they booed at half time, one nil down. I yeah. mean, yeah, it wasn't the greatest performance, but they're top of the league.
2: Oh, it's madness. Absolutely madness. We've touched on quite a few times yeah. about booing in stadiums quite down the years, and you know how much it makes my blood boil that that even happens. So the fact I heard it at time was just, it made my blood boil, <laughs>
0: and it's not even my team or my fans. But a great situation for Fulham to be in once you've silenced the home crowd to such an extent.
3: Yeah, I mean... It, it, that's what teams seem to do when they go to St James' Park because I don't know what they are in now but obviously we said they were seventh in the home table for this season and then for a team who on the day you could argue are the best team in the league that's quite shocking really because they've what didn't Blackburn do the double over them as well
1: yeah they won 1-0 yeah. twice the other thing is that the Newcastle reporter for the the North East Chronicle uh, said that he just described St James' Park mm-hmm. as being shell-shocked that was his kind of opening gambit of the first half an hour and that Newcastle didn't look like they had anything you know able to deal with Fulham sort of poise pace and power and it was one of those things that I think once you get on the back of those fans they especially because they believe they're a division below where they ought to be and, and you know and rightly so having you know because they they, they almost certainly will go straight back up but you know, that as soon as they see, feel it tried to turn against, and, and against a team who were obviously quite low below them in, in the league, if it was, you know, I think it's a different thing if Brighton had gone there and, and, and dominated them because, you know, I suppose they see, must see them as, as kind of equals. Mm. But for someone, you know, in our position to go there and completely and utterly dominate them and almost like a football schooling, you know, was obviously not mm. something they were partial to witness.
2: One thing I will say, though, is that it is kind of plain to see that Newcastle are kind of choking. They are getting a little bit complacent because I did see them against Brighton in that top-of-the-table clash. Uh, the couple... luckiest
0: goal of oh, all yeah. a time. I it think was... it's a beautiful finish. Oh, yeah, <laughs> beautiful finish. <laughs> sensational,
2: <laughs> absolutely <laughs> sensational. Um, but that's the only way they could actually win that game. they got a goal after that as well, but that was the only way they can get into the game. They weren't was... even in
3: the game up until that no, goal.
2: not at all. And you can tell on Saturday that although Fulham were brilliant, no, like every credit to them... Um, Newcastle, their passing wasn't crisp, their, move, their movement wasn't crisp. I was surprised they put Dwight Gale straight back in because he was kind of 50-50 whether he was going to play or not and he he did lack that yard or two of, of anticipation that when I remember that was one thing I picked out um, that first game of the season that Dwight Gale's anticipation was just second to none. I, I hadn't seen a player like that um, for quite a while that he seemed to know where the ball was going to drop before anyone else did and that in, uh, on the pitch um, and on, on Saturday it just just wasn't at the races the only time that Newcastle went into the game was when Daryl Murphy when Gail went off and Daryl Murphy came on um, it's a hell of a finish yeah with Daryl Murphy yeah. well,
3: that's, just, that's what it was going to take for them to score because apart from the couple which Dave Venn sort of just palmed over the bar mm. they didn't really have any clear cut chances no
2: and it, it, Jack quite rightly pointed out that about the, um, was, it, was it you Dom about um, their counter attack and how crisp they are and how clinical they are but it just shows testament not only to Fulham's passing game that we talk about quite often, it's just how quickly we can win the ball back. I, wanna, I, do, I would like to see a stat of how many times tackles are actually attempted and won in, in comparison to, to the other teams in the league. I mean, we'll have to, like, we'll have, to have a look
0: at that. Yeah. Get Ben Jarman, the stat man. Yeah. yeah, on that next week
1: at Sonic Kicks, we're after you
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> taking a well-earned break in Budapest but you're back on stats jobs next week yeah. um, so the second half uh, I think Farrell described it perfectly with the word Dreamland for Fulham fans uh, a mistake from Paul Dummett which went to Aluko in the penalty box. Poor clearance from him. A lovely back heel from Aluko. But it's so smartly played by Mm. Ryan Sessegnon. The anticipation that Ryan saw that he knew Sonia Aluko was going to back pass it. And then that finish as well. Taken like a a striker with... 10-15 10-15 years experience it was
2: clinical absolutely clinical especially since the i mean it's not the most perfect pass in the world but he's able to dig it out from un, from directly under him and place it so perfectly that it's, it's one of those ones where you know michael owen was just the expert at it's all about placement not power and that's all it was it was just beautifully placed from such a difficult position
3: I, I'm pretty much sure he scored more goals this a season than Aluko has.
2: It's not surprising. Uh, with Aluko, he, he scored, he
3: scored six.
1: I think that's about equal.
3: Yeah, but I was, yeah, I was but like, I mean, certainly though, your your point is valid, and it's clearly obvious he's not a left back. It's just it's been clearly obvious ever since he's come to the side that he's clearly a much more attacking player, and that showed. I mean, when I first saw the lineup, I was like, okay, what's going on? I was like, I knew I, what I loved that Nisikin Scabano as well. He was winning every header mm. against their centre backs, and what is he like five eight, five nine? Again, and again, but I thought our best player in the game, bar Settinian, obviously, was Aluko. I thought Aluko had a great game on well, Saturday.
0: Well, I guess for Gabano, he got given that chance up front. And I don't know if Niskins prefers playing on the wing or prefers playing up front himself, whether he... I think he said in his interview he prefers playing through the middle. OK, so he's clearly maybe been looking for a chance to play up front. He got that chance against Spurs. Tonga and Alderweireld just looking awesome. That day, he didn't get a sniff. Well, it is so. like the best defensive partnership in the country.
3: Yeah. So it was, yeah. it was a bit obviously... Should have done, done, done better. Should have done better. No, Should have done better.
0: But you see what I mean? Now he got his chance against a slightly lesser team, still a pretty impressive team, got a Newcastle away. Uh, they haven't conceded a, a hat full of goals and maybe showing that he's a different option through the middle.
3: Yeah, and another thing with Cabana is he didn't look that good when he first started getting into the side, a bit like Stefan Johansson, but he's grown into the team and now he's one of our most key players to our promotion push.
0: And he's got the uh, the chart finally took off, Farrell. These skins, Cabano. Are you happy this did took off?
2: Yes, absolutely. It's been taken pretty much since he first signed. I remember putting up on the WhatsApp group straight away. I was like, it's gonna catch on. It's gonna catch on. I, don't I remember think your second lines
1: caught on. Sorry, I don't think your your follow ups. No, I know <laughs> it has you know, changed. That it's, it's developing. It's developing. We're building an entire song plus chorus plus verse.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the third goal again from Ryan Sessignon, A Lovely pass from Aluko, who with two assists in the game. A be, do you know what it reminded me of slightly? Dear Nancy Kamara, away at Man City. What Cessignon or? Said the, the third young goal, just the way it went oh, through, right. yeah, it yeah, was yeah, the fine. ball behind the left back and the yeah. same kind of finish from the same kind of area.
1: It would have been great if he'd done the celebration as well, like yeah, <laughs> a, real, a real student, a scholar of Fulham history. If he'd done the full celeb, <laughs> was he even alive back then in the probably. greatest no, game? No, yeah, no, probably not. Gosh, probably about three. <laughs>
0: he would have been, it was 2008.
3: Eight? Eight years old.
1: He would have been eight. Not even oh. eight, his birthday's in like July. Yeah, he like would have been seven. seven. Oh, oh my that makes me God. sick in my yeah. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good. He's <laughs> so good. It's really, really upsetting. But when no, it's not in, upsetting, it, well, it's never, brilliant. It, no, no, obviously it's
3: great. I've never been more confused when that goal went in. I was like, what is actually happening? It was was going on? Session scored two and we're three and up at St. James's Park. Seriously, what is going on?
2: Disbelieving joy, I would say it
3: is.
0: Well, do you know what? I watched in the week when Fulham went up to Newcastle, and God knows how old Ryan Sessegnon was uh, at this point, when we won 4-1, uh, quite a famous afternoon. It was a Sunday. I think it might have been 2004. because remember we were playing in that in the blue. light blue kit. Which I never liked. That's the kind of Man City colour. Oh, I like that kit. Did you? Oh, I've, I've, got, was... I've got one. I've have got you? One. <laughs>
2: Remember, it's a 125-year anniversary Oh, yeah, it was, one. wasn't it? Oh, All the printing has fallen off.
1: Like. Ryan Sessegnon was four. Oh! <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> no. Ryan Sessegnon
1: was four. And he still would have... He probably bagged a couple of goals then. back then as well. What I say, the BBC Sport description starts with... Mark Crossley produced a virtuoso display <laughs> of goalkeeping. We scored we four, four goals. Yeah, saved it with his face, made it I know I know I know it's right. Yeah. But like, we scored four goals and the entire first three paragraphs are just about
0: Mark Crossley. <laughs> That's all <laughs> you want to hear. But it was such an opposite display of that. It was a great victory up at St. James's Park, but this time we weren't hanging on. We didn't get
3: lucky or fluky. Completely bossed it. It was it was just amazing to see. And also, when we I went to the last game at St. jones Park, I think it was like in August of the season we went down, mm. and we took about at least three times as more away fans as we did then on Saturday because we had there's, there's like we had three blocks I think in the away mm. section, and in thirteen fourteen we only had one if that, so it, it shows that Fulham fans like it when we're doing well.
1: <laughs> Shock, <laughs> horror. <Wow>. Shock! horror. Shock! <laughs> horror! Breaking news on
0: the Fulhamish <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Insight analysis from Dom there. Uh, and then at the end, uh, what happened with the penalty? Ryan Sessignon uh, won it, which it was a clear penalty. He was there, ready to claim his hat-trick. Um, and it was going to put the icing on the cake, a 4-1 victory. Little did it matter. I, I thought Ryan Sessignon was going to take it. And I remember my first thought was, uh-oh.
3: But then Tim Ream... I think we just did it for banter, to be honest. Do you think? <laughs> yeah. I think it think was just banter, to be honest. I don't yeah, think. It's is literally it.
1: having a laugh. He's like, he's like, we're Who could I stick on this? do would be funny. Well, like, I Tim miss it. Yeah. <laughs> like, Tim, go and miss it. It'd be really funny. The
2: fans will love it. I, we've all been about, you know, since the start of the season. We need to be more consistent, and we missed
3: a penalty, so we're yeah. consistent. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a worse penalty live no um, it was
1: terrible. just Paul Merson's reaction on the television was something oh, to it was so funny it was, so fun. it was oh he's missed it he's just missed it he's just missed it I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know why he's not giving it to the kid he's just oh I, I'm done I'm done I'm done <laughs> yeah. he just, like, walked off and also then the sky ticker went to 4-1 as well so I was like <laughs> what is going on I was like oh I don't understand but yeah Merson was furious yeah, like, he, absolutely he, he was
2: needed. like oh he's letting Reen's taking it I don't care don't come back to me I always missed it anyway, never mind. I remember
0: (laughs) I played a Sunday league game years and years ago and it was the last game of the season. They were top of the league and they were very, very good and they were 4-0 up and they won a penalty in the last minute and all 10 players that were on the pitch had scored a goal that season except the goalkeeper. So they gave it to the goalkeeper in order that every member of the team could have got a goal in the season. My first thought was... Is Slav trying to do that?
3: Well, I think but Tim Ream scored. scored. Yeah. Button generally, you boot on. Sorry, we buried it <laughs> into
1: the back <laughs> of the net. The, the, the thing booton. that I said to I said earlier, and I made a point about was that I can't understand. I, I get not giving it to Sess for you know a number of reasons. You know he's he's had an unbelievable game. You know, and all of those things. If he'd missed it, it could have knocked his confidence. All those kind of things. Right. I know it doesn't matter to him at the end of the day, but you know it's another person that actually is off the penalties list. Yeah. Whereas, Reem, I suppose, is just one of those players. where if he misses it, does it matter? Not really. It's our centre-back. But, Syriac's on the pitch, right? When we signed Syriac, there was actually a video of him taking penalties. Like, as in, It was one of the things they were like, oh look, our new number 9 can take spot kicks. And, um, and I remember thinking at the time, why have they not given the ball to Syriac? You know, he's a striker coming on. We're making a, a late push for the playoffs. Bear in mind, you know, I know Martin didn't play, but... If we are going to go back to a striker system, we've got Derby in a couple of weeks mm. where Martin can't play. We're still unsure if he's actually eligible for the playoffs, but we're not sure. No one's sure if Martin can play in the playoffs. We covered that. We covered that. It's he's playing in disguise. But yeah, but you know what I mean. It's one of those <laughs> things where why have we not just given the ball to Syriac and yeah. be like stick it away, get on the mark, get off the mark, mm. and you know, and let's get you up and running. So then when you come on next time when we're chasing a goal, you've already got one in your locker. You're not looking to. Break the duck. Break the duck.
2: But then, if you look at players like, I don't think scoring a penalty does that much to your sort of open play confidence too much. But I would say that if it, under different circumstances where we had been putting our penalties away all season, Sessignon would have definitely taken it. But we have, we do have this, you know, problem that has been irking us all season. I've actually They're, lost count. How
0: many is it? Eight, eight, eight. eight, and, eight ten. and ten. <laughs> I thought but, it was
2: nine. I was like, I and don't both
1: know. Goals, both of the scored ones are from mine, right?
2: Yeah. And so we do have this problem, and so obviously um, Jokanovic went, well, obviously our next person was going to be Reem, he's probably been putting them away in training and whatnot, he's going to be our designated penalty taker if he gets this one away.
0: Maybe uh, the goal was like two foot wider in training, because if it had been, it'd be a lovely penalty straight into the corner. <laughs> oh,
1: I, I don't know, it's just one of those really odd things. Is it right for Sess not to take that penalty? Probably. Like if actually we're thinking about it with like a sensible kind of hat, head, head on kind of let's keep building his confidence up and up and up and not give him any opportunities to like, you know, if he'd missed it, he's going to be thinking about, oh, I could have had a hat trick at, at St. James's Park. Oh, yeah. like I missed that. I think it's not the worst decision in the world. I just no. don't understand why we haven't given it to a striker.
0: If he had scored a hat trick, he would have been the youngest ever player to score a hat trick in the English League.
1: Really? Give him the penny.
0: <laughs> uh, just for the stat of all time
2: yeah who scored there was, I think Gillingham scored more penalties on Saturday than Fulham have this whole season yeah they got a
1: hat-trick one bloke put all three away
0: yeah hat-trick a penalty Should we Can sign, sign him in. up yeah. yes <laughs> so uh, great results elsewhere Reading lost against Preston pretty comprehensively Horrible place to go, Preston, at the moment. It's good. I'm glad, very glad we played them early in the season when they hadn't found that
3: home for yeah, us. Yeah, when we scored those two absolute wonder goals. <laughs> <laughs> a specifically, a goal was the best thing I've seen this season.
1: Well, I don't know about Ma- after <laughs> Matt don't Smith, know. Mi- that Matt Smith <laughs> miss after Kenny skinned the entire field. <laughs> I think that's up there with the best things that's ever happened in a Fulham shirt.
0: <laughs> go on, it's on a plate. Oh, no. Oh, he's got it. Here. <laughs> uh, Sheffield Wednesday lost to Aston Villa.
1: Brilliant result, and Sasso's banned for a couple of games. Sasso was really starting to find some form, mm.
0: and then player. and then Leeds drew nil nil with Queens Park Rangers. I said I tweeted at the that's end a of the game. Bad result, that's a really bad result. Sorry. And apparently, QPR should have won the KPR game. QPR well. should
1: QPR absolutely battered them as well, like as in start to finish.
0: Yeah. I tweeted at the end of the game that if Queens Park Rangers go on and get a winner here, I might spontaneously combust because yeah. it just would have been the perfect days yeah. of perfect days. Uh, if Leeds have managed to lose. But even so, a draw is an amazing result. We're now just six points behind Leeds, four points behind Reading, and two points behind Sheffield Wednesday. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah. yeah. With the game in hand, uh, which yeah. we'll come on to, which is tomorrow night. Uh, just a little interesting note uh, a public service message of the potential playoff dates. Am I jinxing stuff Just to talk in about case.
1: This? Just in case.
2: This is oh. just
0: in case. Get ready to put them off work. Just Get ready to put them off work.
2: It's bank holiday weekend for a start.
0: Just like, you know, <laughs> just maybe Tuesday. put them in the diary as a thing
1: that, you know, we might be there, we might not, but, you know, you're probably going to watch them either way. Yeah.
0: So the, play- <laughs> the playoff final is uh, Monday the 29th of May, which is a bank holiday Monday over here in the UK. And then the semi-finals likely to be the 12th to 16th of May. But I did read, I, I did find somewhere else on Twitter that the e- all the EFL have said at the moment is that it will be between the 11th and 20th. Yeah,
3: because... It doesn't. It changes every year. Sometimes they're in the space of a week. Sometimes they're in a the space of two or three weeks. So it doesn't really.
0: So last year, um, the if it was if we were to finish sixth, we'd have played on the Friday night and then on the Tuesday. So Friday night at Craven Cottage and then Tuesday night away. And then if it had been fifth versus fourth, is normally on the Saturday, that's if they go for the same thing as last year. Anyway, I just thought I'd put it out there. You know?
2: I, I I probably jinx it every year because I look at. <laughs> <laughs> I've already I already know I'm I'm not here for the first leg because I'm at a wedding.
0: I've got a wedding though, I'm working out ways, working out ways, scheming <laughs> ways. You're gonna try and break them up? Yeah, basically.
1: <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm gonna... I haven't got any weddings.
0: I'm My gonna, weddings for little
1: old me.
2: <laughs> I'm going to call
0: up and pretend to be an estranged lover from like five years ago. Oh yes, on holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well, I hope it doesn't happen. The last time I went to uh, a wedding on the same day as a Fulham game because that was the day we got relegated. Which oh. is, which was.
0: Was it a good wedding? At least.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, I couldn't have been. It couldn't have been a better place because I was immediately focused on having a you know, a brilliant a time as possible so I can forget about the football. I was going to say, if it was a
0: really dry wedding or something, he got relegated, yeah. that's about as
3: bad as it was And if the a wedding sassi- was in Stoke as well, I mean... That would <laughs> be oh, a bit. it was actually, it
2: was only about 20 minutes from Stoke in a place called Tamworth.
0: I've
3: been so to I... Tamworth, I need to change to go to Burton, but, you know. <laughs> Changed on a
1: train to Tamworth once before
2: as well, but not to go to Burton, unfortunately. we have the, We have the most cutting-edge topics. <sighs> yeah, we here. really,
0: really do. So let's move on. In the week, we witnessed one of the greatest sporting comebacks of our time, Tom Kearney's 95th minute equaliser against Leeds United <laughs> to rescue a point in a game that should have comfortably uh, been all three. Um, speaking of three, Jack, uh, what were the three-word reviews uh, against Leeds? are oh, branching this of, out.
1: A couple of three-word reviews. Um, I liked Bobby Garofalo. Apologies <laughs> if I've said that wrong. Wow, that's a name. Naming Kid Tom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rama. great name. Yeah, yeah. Kearney hates Leeds. And Kevin Park, who's... Much easier to say, thanks, Kev. <laughs> uh, worth getting booked was my uh, personal favourite. Although mind. Chris Gilbertson did add Phantom Gold
0: Justice. Ooh. Well, I don't think it was Justice because Justice would have been getting three points. It was, it was an unbelievable decision. But anyway, moving on to it, uh, a real test. Uh, against a side that have been well organised and very difficult uh, to beat this season, big atmosphere. There were 7,000 Leeds fans there. I thought that the home fans, not just for the goal, were in great voice on Tuesday night in general. They seemed to really rise to the occasion and try to match. I thought the Leeds fans. I thought it was a better atmosphere than I've seen many a time that in the last few seasons. But Dom, a disastrous start. Tim Ream with a terrible slice, wrong-footed Button. I assume no blame can be laid.
3: No, I don't January think he could do G. that again if he tried, really. Because the way it just sliced over, sort of straight into the goal, I was like, well, that's just Leeds being, getting lucky as always. But, mm. yeah, I mean, as you said with home atmosphere, I think it was a great atmosphere because I'd argue it's our biggest game in the college since we've come down.
0: I don't think anyone could argue oh, against that, really. That's a good good call, really. Because,
3: uh, as I said, obviously the big games are getting points off, off teams around us because it means they're dropping points as well and if you're I know we didn't really catch up any points in Leeds luckily obviously the other results went for us yeah. that night as well but Leeds didn't exactly get any further away from us which was also, a good thing
2: I would also say it's because we played so bloody well I would up until Newcastle and I would actually thinking about it I would say <laughs> that was our best performance of the season against Leeds we, we made them look so ordinary a team that have done so well this season um, admittedly they didn't have Chris Wood available but we We gave them nothing, absolutely nothing. I mean, a possession stats and the all the stats you can actually look up against a team who were they third in the league at the time, fourth, fourth, fourth. in the league, fourth in the league it was just incredible they They could not get the ball off us, we were creating chances, we were creating opportunities at will we they couldn't get they couldn't hold onto to the ball for more than five seconds at a time it was and it was just absolute relentless pressure, and that's probably led to the fact why. The atmosphere was actually really good on on Tuesday night.
1: That and all the clapping practices that um, Fulham have been having with uh, with our special oh, the clappers, clappers. No. you know they had a clapper practice on, on, oh, on Monday night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> quick poll: Do we like the clappers or not? No, no. <laughs>
1: of course we don't. Oh good, thank we, God, oh, thank God you said that oh, ridiculous question. <laughs> Does anyone like the clappers?
0: Was it you I was talking to about though about the clappers? How I wouldn't mind if only. Like juniors. Yeah, we were having had, this discussion. Yeah. If they gave,
1: a, like, a good wooden, a serious clapper, a wooden one, to all the kids on an under-18 season ticket, no mentions, and, <laughs> but also, you know, then then they, the kids can make a lot of noise, you know? Kids would be able to make, you know, their fair share of, of clappy noise. Everyone would be happy, and everyone else could actually clap their hands. And the actual like, adult, adults. And
2: adults can do the
1: singing. Yeah, I mean, or just clap. I don't mind. If you just want to clap, that's fine. Just use your yeah. hands.
2: I do find the clappers actually kind of, I mean... They do drown out the singing a little bit, and it's just, and it is a kind of a case. If you do hit, see grown adults slapping some cardboard
1: against their hand, one of my favourite things this season was a Preston fan commenting on the, you know, obviously where they play the Bolero song before kickoff. Yeah. They were like, all oh, the Fulham class clap their clappers together to a weird tune in some sort of ritual. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, quite funny. But I do is love that old. tune. It's a classic tune. I
3: don't think any more cardboard has flown around when Kearney's goal went in. <laughs> It does look quite good for that. That is potentially
0: I, I, I the just, only I just, saving grace. So let's not call them
2: clappers anymore. Let's all call him Yeah,
0: Carball yeah. yeah. <laughs> confetti. Yeah. Good. Good. Go um, but anyway, uh, I actually thought Fulham were a little bit sloppy in the opening fifty, and I think we actually struggled uh, to deal with going one 0 down. It possi- I mean, it couldn't have gone any worse. The start really against a side like Leeds, who are difficult to break down. It was possibly the worst thing that could have happened, which I know is fairly obvious that conceding a goal was the worst thing that could have happened. But certainly against a side like Leeds, uh, we did really struggle to get into it. But then well, we did score an equalising goal, a brilliant shot from to Cabano, Uh, a very good effort, was fairly evidently over the line if you weren't in the Hammersmith end. I can't admit to say I saw it from from H2, but I I saw the reaction of the players and you saw it pretty clearly from the replay, was I
3: basically mean...
1: hitting the back of a net. <laughs> <laughs> my, dad, my dad was pretty convinced that he'd seen it go over the line from mid H five.
3: Really? Yeah, he was like, "I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's
1: in." And I was like, "Are you just saying that?" He was like, "No, no, no. I'm." He's like, "I've seen them happen." I was like, "I'm pretty sure that one's in." This is way before this is literally at the time, and I was like, "Oh, come I don't on. know if you can see come that." On. Mate. I
2: mean, the amount of times like you see like the most blatant fouls on the planet from Fulham players, and the referee gives it, and they go,
0: "What? Never? He didn't touch him." <laughs> But could mm. you see it from your seat in the Johnny Haynes Farrell?
2: <sighs> Admittedly, nah, not really. You can't make a decision from that far away. It was quick it was, as well. It's it was quick, it, it, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. It happened at severe pace. You can only really see on the sky thing when you slow it down to about 0. 0.25 times. Yeah, I mean, I got up and went,
0: yay! But, and then went, oh. Or the bloke in the riverside who filmed it who couldn't have been in a better position to film it, (laughs) literally right on the goal line. Does he work for Hawkeye or something? Oh, you'd wonder, don't you? It was unbelievable placing for it, and to be happen to be filming it... Uh, as well, uh, there's not much debate here. We all know that goal line technology is a good thing for football, it's worked well in the Premier League. Apparently, it's coming to the championship next year. Yeah, well, we've it got is. it, we just can't use
1: it. Yeah, we were the first kind of ground in the country to install Tort Hawkeye actually. What really? so it's, yeah. it's
0: installed in our ground, yeah? We just can't use it. We're not we're allowed, allowed to use, to use it, 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 it. In, the, in the championship. Goodness me, in
1: fairness, it did save us a goal against uh, Blackburn, Blackburn
0: last year. Oh, yeah. And well, it all happens at the Putney ends, though. Instance that was at the Putney end, obviously. Dave, David Healy's. Tuesday was the Putney end, and yeah, David Healy is he scored? He's running away. I don't know. Is it a goal, <laughs> Jeff? I don't know. <laughs> Possibly yeah. the greatest Soccer Saturday moment of all time. it was actually worth not uh, drawing that game. I think just for Chris Kamara's amazing uh, rant r- rant on Soccer <laughs> yeah. Saturday. Could there be,
3: could be, not. It means you wouldn't have stayed up on goal difference on last game of the season either. Sorry. We wouldn't have stayed up on goal difference on the last day of that season either. Because
0: it it was Uh, 0708. Oh
1: yeah, we did, yeah. Goodness. There we are. (laughs) <laughs> everything uh, happens for a reason folks.
0: <laughs> uh, so Fulham continued to push uh, for an equaliser Ryan Sessignon made a good impact when he came on uh, for Malone on the left he was having a bit of a shocker in the second half
3: uh, that's the last way to put it I guess it, it yeah. just was
0: one of
1: the worst individual performances it, it wasn't even just the first half it was it, it, the second half it was in the first half as well I think my favourite moment of the first half was when Cabano like span skinned a man and then like knocked the ball back to Malone and he just tried to do the same thing and kick the ball out of play <laughs> and I was like I mean, just if anything sums up Fulham, <laughs> that's it, isn't it? But yeah, he was having an absolutely disastrous ten minutes. He, I think he, he tried to put in four crosses and missed kick two behind the goal, one one into the first defender and the other one just sort of went straight to the keeper. And it was like, I'm I'm not sure what Malone is trying to do here, but it was a good decision that from Slavisa and, and and another tactical masterstroke, some would say. And Sess as soon as he was on, was. Right in the in the thick of it, and straight straight in behind the Leeds defence. So,
0: what did we make of Syriac uh, for Chris Martin? For me, offered fairly little going think, forward until that header right I at the I think end.
3: he's just a two striker sort of player. I think he needs someone to work off instead of being solo down through the middle. I think that's. I think if he was up front with Chris Martin, he might play. He might work a little bit better in a system like that. But clearly, the system that works best for us is a four two three one. So he does and,
1: offer a bit of an aerial threat. That is. He can um, jump very. Yeah, he, yeah, he's really good at jumping. That was an amazing jump. He's had wh- a couple the, of those.
2: He's gone to the Chris Baird school of jumping.
1: He has a severe leap on him, and maybe that's what you know we need to do with him on the pitch. We, you know, that's not something we. <laughs> <laughs> just he just keeps jumping up yeah. and down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You stay in the middle. On the last there. Match, you stay yeah. in the middle. <laughs> egg, go he. Um, yeah, he definitely. Maybe we need to play some more lofted balls with Syriac on the pitch. Then so maybe that will. You know, work in our favor, a surprisingly better target man than Matt Smith, <laughs> yeah, very strangely, <laughs> very strangely, but yeah it, i thought I thought he wasn't awful I thought he he made a couple of like clever runs off the back, and he he does have that kind of off the last man thing that we don't have very often, mm. and we're often very. The way that we play is very, you know, side to side and we look for an opening for ages and stuff. And I think he's just a bit more direct than we are and he's looking for that ball straight through to run onto. Maybe, th- Maybe that Tuesday night game just wasn't the one suited to him. Yeah.
2: He was certainly lively. He did see a little bit of the ball, not as much as we would like to, but perhaps a, a more open game like Newcastle on Saturday probably would have suited him more. I wouldn't say that we should have started him no. <laughs> by any stretch of the imagination, but... Um, speaking of which, a bit of a surprising one that Adoy started over Fredericks, which was interesting.
1: We've discussed this before that um, Fredericks occasionally just needs a game off, yeah, because against Leeds, you know, we had this discussion. He was good defensively, but I mm. thought he offered absolutely nothing going forward, and he really wasn't the kind of potent attacking weapon. And we've said this against. Uh, in last week's podcast against Preston as well he wasn't that kind of dynamic mm. you know incisive force down the right and he was always looking for the short pass rather than the kind of the frederick shuffle as we uh, <laughs> as we once as we once coined it he's not been looking for that he's not really been looking to beat the man and get round him and i think maybe we'll see that against blackburn on the weekend now he's had a game off just to to see him start to to develop that kind of yeah. incision again and let him rest and recuperate and recover
0: you like, just hope he doesn't turn into a bit of a flat track bully
1: maybe i don't mind him being a flat track bully he's quicker than everyone else
0: yeah but just not you know doing it in games where he's got you know a left back he knows he can beat but certainly on on tuesday i thought he looked like he lacked the confidence or the belief that he was going to get round see that's the strange thing because
1: their their left back was their second choice left back. if i'm not if i'm not incorrect it was Uh, because luke Ayling was injured uh, was out injured yeah
2: I can't remember who came in for him, though. Yeah, I don't
1: think it was anyone particularly poor. It was. I think they've got a couple of quite good you know, full-backs on rotation like you know, in the same way that maybe we do. We but do, yeah. It was one of those where he just didn't look like he was up to it for all, for all of a sudden. So yeah. perhaps that was the reason he took a rest on Saturday.
0: Mm, indeed. And the Phillips red card uh, in the 90th minute certainly had an impact. Uh, Leeds seemed far more open uh, in that five minutes. It was a bit of a shame the red card didn't come a little bit earlier we'll come on to Kearney but there was a few chances in that five minutes for Fulham it, it did change the game in my opinion do you agree?
3: Yeah and I I, I just felt like we were going to score as soon as they went down to 10 men I feel like with with 11 behind the ball we were, we were going to be so hard to get through them but as soon as it went down to 10 I just felt we're going to get an equaliser here if we get it early enough we could possibly get too. I couldn't believe
1: Johansson's free kick got saved. I was like, "It's in. top." I was like, "He's gonna curl this top bins," and then he did, and I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, he's done it!" <laughs> Green came out of nowhere. Also, we've got I've got the pillar in front of me in the middle of the block, and it literally Rob Green came from nowhere. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh,
0: "Start setting." What they've got no goalkeeper in. <laughs> uh, Luco also went very near with a kind of similar shot to Kenny's from that left hand side that just <laughs> went <laughs> inches wide about forty five seconds before. And then right, let's come on to it. Let's L- do it. The mo <laughs> The moment of moments. Tom Kearney with the money shot. Um, found some space in the uh, in the Clint Dempsey area, as I like <laughs> to think. That little patch uh, just in front of the penalty box on the right-hand side of the penalty box. And what a goal. What can be said that hasn't
3: already been said about this goal? Not much, really. You know, as soon as he's <laughs> left, left his foot, it's in. Oh, it's just... Incredible. I, I, I was still looking like your side flag. I was like, "This is somehow going to be disallowed for some reason of some sort." And I was like, "Oh, it, it's gone in." I mean, I was probably lying on the H five stairs at, at, at this point, but <laughs> I was still, I'm still, still, I was still pretty much sure there was going to be a reason why we weren't going to get that equaliser.
2: One week after my knee surgery, I managed to find the strength to climb up onto the Johnny Haynes wall <laughs> and start celebrating. A bit like
0: Ryan Fredericks was on the uh, advertising yeah. boardings, yeah, with your crutch in the air. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen scenes like that in, well... Years. Since we came down?
1: Before, probably. I
0: say since Hamburg. Yeah. Yeah. It was just incredible.
1: I mean, I, I just literally almost broke down in tears. I was just so pent up and angry about the whole game, like you know i was i was sending all these angry tweets being like we're not gonna score in a million years <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, I just, and also i was really angry with rob green so i tried to go down to the front to abuse rob green but i like, got stopped by like a mass of people obviously 30 rows back and i was like oh, obviously i'm not gonna get anywhere near him <laughs> well, i was just there on the stage in the middle of the steps like, <laughs> I like, like sort of a- shouty crying at <laughs> people <laughs>
2: I can imagine you getting closer and closer to Rob Green, Rob Green, and going, "Oh, he's actually quite big. He's a goalkeeper." <laughs> he's a and then big retreating. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, no, I think yeah, Hamburg is a, is a good shout, Dom. I, I don't think we've seen, you know, and and off the back of off the back after the game, the whole walkway off the back of Ham, uh, off the Hammersmith end was was completely and utterly like just deadlocked, yeah. and with people singing and.
3: There was the goal was up on the screen. Every, just kept waiting, everyone kept right? was like, "Oh!" Yeah. <laughs> and I just kept playing everyone, the room Everyone now. was going, "Oh!" for about like three or four highlights before. Yeah, yeah was, exactly. Like,
1: <laughs> like a Luca's chance when everyone was like, "Oh!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was
1: um yeah, it was just really, really good and happy. And some bloke literally turned to me. A bloke with a, with with arm in a cast, and he was like, he just turned to me and he went. Haven't seen scenes like this since Juventus, mate. And then I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, I'm really emotional. Get... Don't don't, don't, don't mess this... with my emotions Did he celebrate... right now. Did he celebrate that hard? He broke his arm. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was like in a cast and he was like, I'm pretty sure I knocked a few people out. I was like, yeah. 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 Fair, fair days, I
0: probably wouldn't have been able to go. Yeah. This was yeah. my question here. Will this go down as one of those all time Fulham great moments that we'll be talking about <clears throat> in another 10, 15 years? I think it will if we go up. Okay, interesting.
3: If we don't, it just well. It'd be be just another good Fulham goal. Absolutely agree with that. If we go up, it will go down in history as a big moment in our club when we this specific season when we're going up. I mean, yeah. If we don't go up, I just think it'll be always remember that great home celebration.
0: But could it be a turning point in this season, or maybe not a turning point because? But could you've seen this season maybe going differently had that goal? not gone in it would have been a real confidence knock it would have been really hard to take for the players and who knows what the results on saturday would have been had we not got that equalizer but it did just feel at the time like oh my god this team's got something really special about them no
2: i knew beforehand because if you remember my prediction table uh, I had Fulham finishing on went ninety points. <laughs> yeah, it's third. Still, it's still on. It's still on. I was confident it's happening, and it's still going to happen even before that goal.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's a momentum thing. I think that's the moment that we're talking about here. Is the you know without that goal we're what nine points behind Leeds six Mm. behind Wednesday it's one of those things where we then have to go to Newcastle and win and I think part of the fact that we've gone up there with no fear at the weekend is because we were on such you know such a high and we put it in the you know the match preview if we we looked here that we said that the fact that that goal it it is a is, is something that changes what would have been such a devastating defeat considering we actually scored a goal Right, it's a devastating defeat to a a jammy own goal and a disallowed goal to a team that were around the seven level us, but we dominated for ninety minutes and the possession stats and, the, and the, it's another one where you know you look back at those games just before Christmas where we didn't pick up quite as many points as we wanted to despite dominating games and you had players like Fredericks and Kenny coming out and saying we're still going, we're still looking for it, but you know it's frustrating and we know we need to do the business now and that's you know that's what it is that is the business that is the, at the the point where it needed to happen, it happened for once, and I suppose that's what it is because it, then you go into the into the Newcastle game, going, "Yeah, come on then. Yeah, and suddenly, I still
3: thought we needed to win it at Newcastle because I I think because I, I said beforehand I was like, "We need four points in the next two games," because yes, I, I, the three games afterwards are all should be nine points, but I thought we we need, we still playing catch up here. We need to get ahead. I know two points at home to leading away to Newcastle is still a good, good enough result, return. Yeah. I still thought we, need, we needed four points from those two games.
1: Well, you were the one that said that you thought that Newcastle was going to be an easier game than Leeds at home and, and thus it transpired.
3: Yeah, just because Newcastle would be under pressure so much at St. James Park, they always are. And Leeds, you sort of knew they were going to be sitting back with two banks of four. I wouldn't say that
2: um, the Kearney strike has kind of changed much because we play every single game the same way in terms of level of performance, I find. Yeah. And I still think that even if we lost that game against Leeds, it wouldn't have changed much. We wouldn't have changed. We we still would have been confident considering how well we played against Leeds, and it's, it's hardly surprising. And obviously it, it would have made our job of getting to the playoffs a little bit harder. Um, but it still meant that we were still in the race. It was just meant that we didn't pick up that one point that would have made... That much of a difference because it's not like we, you know, we want to take points probably more off Reading or or, um,
1: uh, Sheffield, or, Wednesday. or Sheffield Wednesday. I think it please. would have secured Leeds' spot almost. <coughs> that's why I, I think that's the difference. Yeah. It would have. Now there are still I think Huddersfield are too far away. There are four teams playing for oh, three yeah, spots. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think if now Leeds we're going had, al- we're going automatic promotion. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I think if Leeds had if Leeds had won that game, it would have been. You know, it's only it's still yeah. three teams going for two spots, but it's already, yeah. it's then there's already two locked down, and you know, there's less chance than two and yeah. three is less than three and four is always. But good. we've seen, we have seen being
2: in the championship how quickly things can change. Yeah. And we saw on Saturday how the teams around at the you know, the results went our way. And even, and also again on Tuesday, the results seemed to go our way as well. Whereas it wasn't just us pulling off results. If You know, if, if the, the teams in the playoff positions won all their games while we were picked up the points as well, we still would have been in the same position we were before.
3: I mean, we, we? we'd be going up if we didn't have to play Birmingham or Brighton. So, I mean, that's automatic. Because they're the only teams we seem to lose. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. There was a, um, a point last week where we were talking about the Leeds game and how important it was mm. in terms of Leeds's kind of next seven games when we were discussing the, the playoff run-in and one of the things we said was that if we put three or four parties it could put a real dent in their confidence and really like make them suffer and then their next seven games could have a knock-on effect from that and you know we could see them maybe falling apart and I think what that goal might have done is exactly that effect but without obviously the you know so what we said was that a big win would do that but I think the kind of losing a last minute equaliser as well when they defended actually heroically quite a lot of the game and they really had put in a good defensive shift leads for them them to concede last minute and lose a player and you know calvin phillips got banned for two matches automatically because he'd already been sent off this season and all of those things combining and now you see them you know slip up at home to qpr and qpr are a side i'm glad we don't have to play again they're second in the form table in the last six Mm. games Behind us, and really, Walnut's got playing. Them, got playing a, a real style of football that suits the team and things. And I think if he stays there and he stays the team as it is, they mm. could they could be a, a, a real force to be reckoned with next year. You mean Holloway? Sorry.
0: Close, oh, yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. Same, Used to be Warnock. Same
1: drill. Yeah. Horrible managers with horrible teams. Um, <laughs> it's easy to get them mixed up. Yeah, step.
0: both. At, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> so, Dom, let's get your uh, prediction crystal ball out then as you were so spot on for for Leeds and for Newcastle last week. Uh, we've got two big games, two very different games coming up, both at the Cottage. Uh, first of all uh, is Blackburn, the game in hand tomorrow night as we speak. Blackburn struggling in the league, but starting to find a bit of form now. Unbeaten in five. Might not be an easy time to face Blackburn.
3: I think what we need in this game is an early goal. Mm. If we get a goal in the first 20, 25 minutes... I don't know if that's early. but We love goals. We love goals
2: in the first 25 minutes now. We love them. It's literally ever since we mentioned how we don't score in the first five minutes. Every open. game. Yeah, every <laughs> game. Now, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, oh, so. we actually
3: did. Because if we, if, we don't, oh, yeah. if we don't score in the first half, let's say, they can just sit back of two banks of four. I presume they play 4, four 2 They sound like a generic championship team they
1: are a 4-4-2 side yeah, yeah okay. and, I they,
3: they, they, yeah. and then, then they'll have to sort of come at us because they need to get points to stay up and they've got a couple of the
0: yeah, danny graham loves <coughs> playing against fulham it is a bit of banana skin We've if got Luke we
1: come who was on loan from sheffield wednesday he's a bit of a player i don't like that he's um <laughs> Hello. i don't want to hear about his personal life oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Oy, oy. Um, no but you know he came on at the weekend and scored two against norwich He's a decent, a decent base. Good, I think the his sort of claim to fame moment was getting two against Arsenal in the FA Cup. anyone remembers that game where Wednesday knocked Arsenal out, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. yeah. he scored two in that game, and they've also got Marvin Emnes, yeah, who just apparently is just doing bits on his own for Blackburn and just scoring ridiculous silky solo goals and stuff. So you know, there's there's players there that can do damage, and, and I don't think there's that Fulham can be complacent about this whatsoever.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, they've got experienced squads. they now starting to settle because, I mean, Tony Mowbray came in partway through the season and kind of stopped that rot for a little bit. Um, and then they've been kind of They've, you know, they hit some poor form and now they're starting to get, you know, they're now, you say, unbeaten in five or six now? That, uh,
0: yeah, five, I believe.
2: Five. That they're now starting to pick up a little bit. So it is certainly one that we need to be wary about. And these are the type of games that we need to start picking points up up again because, the, remember, that early part of the season where we were facing these teams and it just wasn't happening for us, maybe because we weren't scoring in the first 30 minutes. Um, and they have got some good players. I noticed that, I didn't even realise that they signed Wes Brown. What?
3: He's still playing football?
1: Yeah. What? They don't, it surely doesn't play anyway. They've got the only centre back in the league who scores free kicks on a regular basis. Charlie Mulgrew. Oh,
2: yeah.
1: Ex Celtic. I was was going to
2: say, I wonder how how he knows that one. Absolute (laughs)
1: wand of a left peg, Charlie Mulgrew. Great player. It's like Um, like the
2: Ian Hart kind of. um,
1: That school. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. But yeah, he was a wing back and now he is fully developed into centre back. They have Craig Conway as well, he's a good player. Mm. Um, I don't. Ben Marshall left and he went to Wolves. I think. So they've also got Danny Guthrie, who I didn't it, think was that bad for Fulham. No, it wasn't. I didn't think
0: so. He seemed to get a lot of stick for some reason, but I thought he was actually all right. He did a job. It was a weird loan, wasn't it? He only played three or four. Brought in in March or whatever it was. Some of their results as well. Blackburn, um, that the teams they've picked up a few points against they are quite. You know, they they picked up points against Cardiff, who are on good form under yep. Neil Warnock. They drew. Against not at Norwich, who I you know are not doing too great. But no, they're away. I mean, <clears throat> Norwich.
2: Norwich were down to ten men for after twenty minutes, and I did see the highlights from that one. And Norwich had considerable amount of chances. Mm. When you think they were down to ten men, is
0: but still they're there. They know how they have frustrated them, and that you just mm. hope it's not a repeat. They've got
1: Hope Akpan in the middle as well. Remember him? Yeah, you see an Excellent. Arsenal.
0: Arsenal no, that's games. Chuba
1: Akpom. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, no, Hope Akpan was um, ex Everton. He played a couple of games for Everton in the Premier League, and then he went to Reading for a while. I think. Oh, he's like a proper journeyman, um, isn't he? he? He's he, he's quite young still. He's a bit of a. He's done a bit of the rounds. He's, he's a like big. He, he's a big unit, and he he covers a lot of rounds. He's a bit of a Dixon a two who kind of esque figure. Oh, right. um, he sort of makes up ground, makes tackles. I think I've, I've put him as our uh, key battle as against Steph Joe. You have indeed. Uh, for for the preview, if you haven't checked that out, www.fullamish.co.uk. And, um...
0: <laughs> and you've also gone for a 3-1 home victory, so very much hoping that that comes to light. Go read Jack's article now, www.fullamish.co.uk. And then on Saturday, uh, the day after Paddy's Day, so Jack might be a little bit sore. Legend. Um, <laughs> uh, we face Wolves at the Cottage. Um, now, unlike Blackburn, they're not uh, on quite such good form I mean, they were looking good uh, January, February. I yep. thought Paul Lambert got them playing a good style of football. They obviously went up to Anfield. Richard Stearman scored. They scored another one on the break. He Andreas can't play, Vyman. can he? He's on loan. He's on loan, yeah. Yes, good point. Excellent. Good point. Forgot about that, my God. The lo- all, the agents. The loan, all the agents doing bits. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> um Yeah. Hadn't won in six before Saturday's win over struggling Rotherham, who must be not far off mathematical relegation. I think it's fourteen points; they are adrift, so it can't be only a few weeks woeful, before. Pretty woeful, isn't it? There's
1: nine that, games left, isn't
0: there? I mean, I we've think we've got ten. Everyone else has nine.
3: We could relegate them because we play them pretty soon, don't we? We play them on the first, so it's our f- yeah, third game. Yeah, that yeah.
0: that is. That uh, is feasible that it mm. could be that kind of time yeah, by then. Maybe. We'll have to defend, though, much better than our last visit to Molyneux. An incredible game. Don't get me wrong, it was entertaining, but some of the defending on the show that day was fairly woeful. Have <coughs> some to be... of the goals were good, though. <laughs> oh, don't I don't remember mean... care anyone. one. I mean, Tom Kearney loves scoring great goals, but...
1: Tom Kearney only scores great goals. He doesn't <laughs> score tappings. Have you ever seen Tom Kearney like, score a tapping? It's
0: like, uh, no. remember, Lewis Garcia
1: for Liverpool. He only ever sco- uh, scored
2: good goals. Or non-goals, as, but the semi-final goal against Chelsea. No, that Chelsea. Was
1: definitely the no, <laughs> One of the... I saw a quote from someone the other day. It was actually about Hal robson Carnu, but we, <laughs> we use it for Tom Kearney today. It was, not a great scorer of goals but a scorer of great goals. I was like, yeah, very good. Very good. good.
0: All right, so uh, we're nearly running to the end of the podcast. Still some time, though, for your questions, as always. Uh, Jack's been checking the post bag. What's been coming in, Jack?
1: We've got quite a lot of questions, actually, so thank you all for responding. We're not going to... Necessarily respond to all of them today. We haven't got time, but we've hopefully answered a few of them during the course of the show. The first one we're going to go for is something we haven't actually touched on yet. And this is from Kyle mattin who says, With Derby changing managers again, would Chris Martin still be eager to return or will he stay at Fulham promotion or otherwise? I would say he's kind of burned his bridges
2: on both sides, really. He's going to, it'll be, he'd have to force his way back into the squad at Derby, I don't I think he'd be quite reluctant to stay at Fulham. Um, he's probably gonna end up moving to another promotion, hopeful next season, I would imagine.
0: I mean, the whole thing is just the funniest thing in the world. And I hate laughing when someone's like lost their job, but it is just the funniest. <laughs> when when I found out via a WhatsApp uh, on a group, I couldn't write any
2: more ha <laughs> ha 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 and so it filled the whole screen. <laughs>
0: I mean, the whole thing. I'm, it's amazing, though, how that's transpired because Derby looked unstoppable and then they've just gone on this horrendous run of form.
3: Yeah, but knowing Derby, they're just going to reappoint Steve McLaren anyway. What, go for <laughs> a third time? <laughs> His last three sackings, two of them have been in the same club. Like, clearly it didn't work. I mean, he wasn't doing horrifically back and seeing where he took them from. But yeah, it's just really, really funny. But yeah, I can't see him sort of having any success at either club.
1: I don't know about uh, you lot, but uh, realistically, Chris Mine probably is the one laughing here. You know, I, I appreciate that he's a professional footballer and he almost certainly wants to play football. Mm. But also, he's on a four-year contract at a higher thing at Derby. Like, yeah. as in, I don't know why he would be like, oh, I'll just leave. He's not going to be like...
3: To be fair, he probably work, if they get Gary Rowan, he probably work quite well on a Gary Rowan Yeah, He's, uh, he's better, definitely better than Clayton Donaldson. And yeah. he excelled on yeah. Gary Rowan. I, th-
1: I think Martin will probably go back to Derby although I would I would feel that if we did not get promoted this year that I would like to keep him oh yeah I despite the you know whatever's gone on I think you know you've got to just get on with it you know football's football is a business and a lot of the time you know we don't know what's gone on and we and there was a lot of chat on the you know different groups about what his sister or if it wasn't his sister or whatever was saying about the release clause in his contract have you not seen this farrell
2: no <laughs> basically there
1: was a, a lot of chat that his it was someone claiming to be his sister said that the whole sh- scenario began because fulham had originally agreed to sign martin on a permanent in january mm-hmm. and when it was decided that we weren't it was told that we weren't going to take up that option was when he went on the strike at reading um... and then that's why he signed a contract with derby because fulham had not chosen to Signed the contract saying we were going to bring yeah, him in as a He has a six million clause player. in
3: the contract on Football Manager, so I mean that might be. <laughs> that's it. I mean, whether that's
1: true or not is is up for debate. Do you know I mean, what? it's yeah. not. Good it's well not done. one of those things. You know, I think if we signed him next year on a permanent, then he'd be a Fulham player, and yeah. there'd be no more. There'd be no more bones about it. You know what I mean, yeah, there was riffraff, but if it, he scored the goals that would send us back to the Premier yeah. League, then I don't think anyone would be complaining. Absolutely. I mean, like, there's no
2: doubting his talent. There's no doubt that he fits into the system. He's done well for us. Um we could do a hell of a lot worse by, you know, not signing. He's him,
3: almost you know I mean? like clinical goal scorer, isn't he? He's got he? eleven.
2: 11 and, goals. And he's
3: got a goal like like compared to minutes per goal, I yeah. think he's got the best one and second is Session.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. So we'll move swiftly on
0: from uh from
1: Steve McLaren.
3: <laughs> At least we don't have to worry of um
0: playing Derby in a playoff final anymore. Yeah, that one's that one's gone out the window. <laughs> we don't have to
1: worry about hidden agendas and all that kind of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> This one's from Andrew, at Andrew WCPT, who says, What result should Fulham fans hope for in the Wednesday versus Reading game this Friday?
0: Well, I mean, it's pretty much win-win, I feel like. Obviously, the draw is the perfect result, but whatever happens, if we get a result against Wolves, we're going to pick up points against someone. So I think grab a bag of popcorn, sit back and... um, Enjoy the show. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think draw... Is the perfect result really? Because I, I mention it all the time, but I'd, ra- I'd rather be chasing more teams than chasing one or two. Like If we're chasing all three teams until the end of the season, that will be great because then you've got more teams who can slip up. Whereas if you're only chasing Sheffield or you're only chasing Sheffield and Reading, then you've, it, there's obviously less teams who could drop out.
2: Match abandoned due to too many players getting red carded.
0: I oh, want deducted points. Yeah, there we go. No, you just not. want it to be the biggest brawl of all time yeah the battle of Sheffield
1: yeah and then we can watch uh, Joshua Klitschko after that and that'll be good I'm going to go in on the stats again here and um, reiterate the point that if they draw <clears throat> Leeds lose and we beat Wolves and Blackburn this week we'll be fourth on goal difference by Saturday oh, at 5pm oh, god that makes oh, that that just makes everything tingle <laughs> so, oh, God. There's that, to, um, there's that to, wear, to bear in mind. So that's your answer, um, I think, Andrew, if you're looking one. Yeah, We're going to go for a studio because ta- yeah.
0: Farrell's tingling. Yeah, tingling.
1: Yeah, exactly. Pray for, anything, can... pray for anything but those results so we don't have to deal with the Farrell tingle for yeah. too long. Can we turn I mean, down that air con? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a five minute break. If that's all about, yeah. <laughs> go get a glass of water. So
2: welcome back to the Fulhamish pod.
1: <laughs> um, and our final question for today is from Graham Hill at Whiskey Disregard. Great at... Really like that um he says if you could draft in one former player from the last t- 10 game 10 games i think he means one f- former player for the last 10 games from the last 10 years at their peak who would it be and i really like this hashtag zesh raymond
2: <laughs> <laughs> well there's your answer yeah exactly. well that's done You that
1: one for us graham
2: farrell and, um i would say i mean the best Fulham player in the last 10 years i would say was musa dembele as in the first um that would be sort of my pragmatic mind. But, I, you know, I'd love to see, like, a, a proper sort of hero-esque type figure, like a Brian McBride or a Boa Morte back
0: in a Fulham shirt. I would take, especially as I think up front is still the place where firepower is needed most, Andy Johnson. I think he'd do a great job mm. running down the channels. Andy Johnson at his peak, maybe... Oh nine ten. He the uh, system. Yeah, oh eight oh nine. I take Andy Johnson. I'm being
3: quite lateral over this thinking. I'm going Paul Koncheski because we need a left back.
1: <laughs> we could do with a left back.
3: You <laughs> yeah. know, you are right. So that's the only reason. I mean, you could go for see Van der Sar. Is, no, is, is, I was going to go der Sar,
1: but he's actually twelve years out of date. Ooh. I'm afraid. Um, so he's not. Yeah, I was thinking. I was going to go for a keeper though. I'd you know probably go for someone like Antonyame. Oh. Just, yeah, you know, because actually I just think that someone like... Surely yeah, Schwarzer. Oh, Schwartz, yeah, Schwartz. That's
0: exactly what i was looking for. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, that was my
1: that was my disappointing yeah. sigh was for. Oh,
0: right, yeah, no. Is
3: Mark yeah, Crossley 10 years or was he a bit longer? No, he's a bit longer Tony as well, Warner. Fred. Yeah, who was it? <laughs> 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 Lashtovka. <laughs> yeah, Lashtovka.
1: Yaroslav Drobny. Yeah, exactly. No, I think, yeah, Schwarzer would probably be my answer. So I hope those are... S- You know, correct. Tweet us if you've got any better ideas. It's a nice range there. We've got a striker, a midfielder, a defender and a
2: goalkeeper.
0: Yeah, we just need one more. We've got a -a five-a-side team there. Quite a good five-a-side team. That does happen
1: when you have four people in the studio picking one player each.
0: Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Gang up
1: on me. Yeah, uh, in fairness. Well, if you have any better answers and they're not all just Louis Sarr... um, please let us know on Twitter. But it's not
0: ten it'd be Nah, he's yeah, not... I think
1: he left in two thousand six. Nah
0: before both no, two thousand
1: four. Yeah, do your
0: research, mate. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Lives in the studio. I've got a laptop in front of me and I yeah. can't remember that one. <laughs> right, well that you is you do
1: it. the mail then next week, Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: So that is the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening once again. Bit of a bumper episode this week, but I'm sure you'll forgive us. We had plenty to discuss after the weekend and Tuesday night's at ticks. This is another busy week uh, for Fulham. A few games in a matter of a few evenings this week at the Cottage, which we face Blackburn and Wolves. So do join us on next Monday's podcast. Uh, as we reflect those games and I'm sure we'll have even more of an idea of how Fulham stand in this epic chase for the top six.
1: A more witty banter from Farrell.
0: Now he's back in the podcast in his rightful place in the corner just offering jokes, dropping them left, right and centre. Secretary Jack, can I have a title for today's podcast, please? You may.
1: Uh, we're going to go with, in honour of young Ryan Sesignon. let's talk about Sess, baby.
2: Let's talk about Seth, Sess, baby.
1: Thanks, Farrell. That was actually That's well, like,
2: nice. <laughs> really, really <laughs> like, nicely in tune. I've been practicing every time, ever since you uh, mentioned it earlier today, uh, it's been stuck in my head. And then it was a bit awkward at work when I was singing it out. I was going to yeah.
0: say, have you muttered it under your breath, like at the canteen or something? What do you mean, under my breath? Also, like, oh, actually, oh, yeah. in, in, in Belting it out. <laughs> actually, it's
1: actually probably not even legal, is it? <laughs> Let's talk about Cess. Hey. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, There we hey. go barely legal barely barely <laughs> <laughs> my head
2: it <laughs> oh, got a little <laughs> that does not do make really me tingle. Ting- think- there's no tingling over here from that one anyway if so- we had a proper producer he'd be like can we just record that bit again, please <laughs> <laughs> do we have a
0: proper producer I do it for a flipping living <laughs> Good name there, Jack. Good name. Very well done. So we'll be back next Monday. Uh, Please go give us a like uh, on Facebook and Instagram. Fulhamish Pod is where you can find us. Do go share the podcast with any other Fulham fan or non-Fulham fan. Maybe they're a Sheffield Wednesday. Reading or Leeds fan Nervously looking over Their shoulder Share it with them As well And just taught them A little bit Let them know bit. We're coming for them Exactly <laughs> And their podcast <laughs> Like a cavalry charge uh, We'll be back Next Monday uh, With more Fulham discussion So Jack Dom and Farrell We'll see you On Monday Toodles later. See you later